Hey sis, hey bro, I'm Arcia and I'm so excited to share space and time with you. A Note from Stokes is a podcast for black and brown millennials as we navigate the world in which we occupy. Let's get into it. Hey y'all, it's Arcia here and I'm really truly so excited to be with you all this week. Um, I was supposed to release this episode last Tuesday, but for those of you who do not know, I'm a full-time doctoral student and that takes up a lot of my time, especially as we, as I work to close out the semester strong. Um, it's just, it's very ghetto. So that's where my time and attention has been going. So thank you for your patience, but I am back um, with episode six got daddy issues and that is the that is the title for this episode um my intentions for this episode is to be vulnerable transparent and really expose my heart to you all and hopefully you're able to grasp something from this episode um so we're just going to jump right into it you guys know by now i love to start a podcast an episode with a definition just to ground ourselves so the 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 term daddy issues kind of get tossed around a lot um and I wanted to really you know get into it what is what are daddy issues what is it and so um this term is used to describe a person who has unconscious impulses and associations as a result of a poor relationship with their father I'm going to read it again okay This term is used to describe a person who has unconscious impulses and associations as a result of a poor relationship, I can't even speak, relationship with their father. So before we get into all of that, I'm just going to talk a little bit about my personal story. Um... I was adopted by my aunt. Her name is Sarah, and we call her Yaya. Actually, my great aunt, um, we call her Yaya. Um, And I just want to say that that is my mother. That is my mother. She sacrificed so much for me. She gave me a great life. Um, I didn't have my parents growing up. Uh, My parents were young teenagers when they had me, and my aunt adopted me and gave me the most amazing life ever. I didn't want for anything. I didn't need anything. Um, I was in private schools all of my life up until high school, and that's only because I wanted to go to that particular high school. Um, We traveled. She had me in and out the country, and I just had the best of the best, right? So she gave me a good life. And so I didn't even know that I had daddy issues really until I became an adult. Um, and started, you know, dating and things of that nature. When it comes to my father, my first time I remember meeting him when I w- is when I was in 10th grade. So I believe I was 15 at the time, 14, 15 at the time. And um, I just remember him pulling up in his burgundy Mercedes and he was super fly. And I'm like, yo, like my dad is fly. I finally get to have a relationship with my dad, just like I would see my friends. Right. So I was just really excited to get to know my father and have him in my life. I didn't even care at that moment um, that he wasn't there. I just wanted to start fresh, right? And so, you know, he made so many promises and things of that nature. I'm going to take you to school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And needless to say, none of those things took place, right? I do not know my biological father as being a man of his word. Um, I do not know him as someone who followed through with commitment. Um, And so he let me down a lot, a lot at every turn my dad let me down I remember times he wouldn't answer my phone calls like I would have to call for my friend's phone or whatever or block my number for him to answer and I just remember feeling very rejected and abandoned and at that time I just 
could not understand, right, why you, why he wouldn't want to have a relationship with his child. And so, of course, at that age, I couldn't conceptualize that. And so I made it about me. I made it very personal. Right. And so I'm like, it must be something about me as to why he, you know, can't show up as a father. Um, And so, yeah, so it was that. And then um, so all throughout high school, just on and off, um, senior year came and I was getting ready for prom and I asked him to rent me a Mustang and um he did to my surprise he did because up until this point he was not consistent very inconsistent was not a man of his word and so my fingers were crossed when it came down to prom because I just didn't know if he would follow through and um after that um I graduated he was not at my graduation my needless to say he wasn't at any of my performances in school um so, you know, I, I I just never really expected him to show up for me because he never did. Um, I remember him moving me into school one time. That was my sophomore year. And outside of that, he was communication was just very spotty, just not a consistent man, um, did not give me any type of love or validation or attention, none of that. Um, and so we just really kind of, fell out of touch for some time and I never forget um I was in grad school at this point so I had graduated from um college which he did not come to but I'm sure that's no surprise at this point um I was in grad school so working on my master's at this time and um one of his uh so my dad has a lot of children um some of them I do not know if I were to walk past them in the street today I would not know and it's so sad and unfortunate um but that's just that's just what it is. And so one of his children's mother reached out to me and said, hey, your dad had a stroke. Now, this was really surprising to me because, you know, my parents were fairly young when they had me. So anyway, she told me he had a stroke. Um, she told me what hospital he was at. And so I was at the hospital every day. I was at the hospital. When he got out the hospital to learn how to walk, um, I was I was there. He was in rehab. He had a stroke. So it really affected the way he, he walked. So when he went to rehab to learn how to walk again, like I said, I was there every day just, you know, being with him so he didn't feel like he had to be alone. Um, And my boyfriend would come with me at the time, too. So, like, you know, he just he had a lot of support. And even though I knew that my dad hadn't shown up for me and I knew that if the roles were reversed, he probably wouldn't have showed up for me. I just still felt obligated to because that's my father and I love him. Um. And so I never forget calling the rehab center one time and I was like, hey, like I'm just calling to um, see what my dad's dietary restrictions are because my boyfriend was going to bring my dad food. I had class and they was like, oh, your um, your dad uh, checked out already. I said, well, that's odd because I was just at the uh, I was just there yesterday. So cool. Hung up with them, called my dad and I didn't get a response. And I didn't get a response for six months. And so if you could imagine, the last time I saw my dad, he was learning how to walk and speak and all these things, you know, from the from the the stroke. And now I don't hear from him from six months. So I'm thinking all kinds of things, right? Like, is he sick? Right? Did he die? Right? Like, I don't know what's going on. Fast forward, um, my girlfriend hit me up and she's like, hey, let's go to the beach. Cool. I go to the beach. We had a good time. I'm walking on the boardwalk and someone yells my name. So I turn around and it's my dad and he's there with kids and this lady. He's like, hey, Daisha, my family called me Daisha. 
um, he's like, hey, Daisha, come look at your, um, come look at your siblings. Come say hi to your, come meet your siblings. And this is my girlfriend in that moment. All I could say was, I've been calling you. That's all. I, I didn't say hi to the kids. I didn't say hi to her. I just, in that moment, I felt so confused, so abandoned, so rejected. It's like, yo, I've been calling you. I've been worried about you. And you're fine. And you're here. And you're living your best life. And you didn't even think enough of me to call me, to text me, to let me know that you were okay. And so I get emotional even telling this story because, um, it's like when I found out my dad got sick or whatever, had the stroke, I was there. Despite him not being there for me, despite him letting me down, I was there. And then you made me all these promises while you were in rehab that you were going to get it together. And then you get out and you go back to your default. And so in that moment, all the feelings of abandonment, all the feelings of rejection kind of surface again. And, and I was just so hurt. And so after that, I didn't speak to him for years, years. Um, I think I tried calling him a couple times, but then I just was like, I'm done. And so fast forward, I was 29 at this time, at the time. Um, I'm 31 now. but at So fast forward, I'm 29, and his cousin dies. And so I hear about it, and so I'm like, I want to get to this funeral. I didn't really know his cousin like that, but I knew that if I went to the funeral, I would see my dad. Y'all, I was yearning for my father. I was almost desperate for him. Like, I felt like I was missing a part of myself. I was missing the love from a man. I was missing the validation, right? Like, my life was amazing, but I was missing something. And I, I felt like he was the only person who can give it to me. So even though I kind of disconnected myself, I was still yearning for that love from him. And so I go to the to the funeral and he's there and we exchange information. And of course, he apologizes, like always. And um, he introduces me to everyone. And he's like, this is my daughter. And I'm like, oh, I heard so much about you. Um, you have a master's degree. And you're a singer. And you're doing so many great things. And it's like, yo, you, and in my mind, I was thinking like, yo, you talking about me. You bragging to people like you're a father to me. And so it just made me, I don't know, like, I don't know. It just made me feel weird in that moment. And so after that, he said he was going to do better. And so, and he actually did. Like, he started res- responding to texts. He started responding to calls. And in fact, he started initiating texts and calls. And things were so great. And like, in my mind, even at 29, 29 I felt like, like, finally, yeah, I got my dad. I'm so excited. Um, and he was just super consistent until I asked to see him because I wanted to transition our relationship from just, you know, texting and talking to actually seeing each other, really, you know, building and cultivating our relationship. And so I asked him if he, if we could meet up for brunch, it would be my treat. Just want to kind of, you know, just kind of wanted to see him. And he said yes. Um, and when it was time to meet up for brunch, he never answered my calls or my texts. So... The day is moving on. So at this point, we're past breakfast and brunch, right? So it's like lunchtime. So I'm like, hey, I know we missed breakfast and brunch, but we could do lunch. Nothing. Around 6 o'clock. Hey, I hope you're okay. Want to try for dinner? And mind you, my dad has an iPhone, and his red receipts are on. We're on. So I saw that he was reading my messages. And so in that moment, as a 29-year-old woman, I started to feel those feelings of abandonment and rejection resurface again like I was a child you know and so I'm like 
I'm done. This time I'm done. And I was mad at myself because I'm like, Arcia, you know better. You already know the type of man that he is. And you let yourself get deceived again. But I was, like I said, I was so desperate to have a relationship with him. I, 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 just, I just wanted to keep trying. I just wanted to keep trying. Maybe it'll be better this time. Maybe he'll see how awesome I am and how much I've accomplished in life. And maybe, just maybe, he would want to have a relationship with me. And so... Uh, I get so emotional thinking about it because I, I try so hard and I haven't spoken to my father since I was 29 at the time. Now I'm 31 and I haven't spoken to him. I'm just tired. I'm tired. And, um, you know, that 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 cliche or that famous quote, you know, when someone show you who they are, you have to believe them, even if it's your parents, you have to believe them. And so. That's pretty much my story regarding my my trauma and the the genesis of my daddy issues, if you will. Um, and I want to get into some signs. Um, these are some signs that you may struggle with daddy issues as well. Um, so someone who struggles with daddy issues may have trouble trusting their partners. Um, they form romantic attachments easily or struggle with intimacy. Um, experience relationship insecurity or anxiety. They need a lot of validation and and emotional support. Um, They seek out partners with some of the same traits as their father. And the last two of these signs really resonated with me, and I'm going to reiterate those. Need a lot of validation, emotional support. That was me in my relationships with men. I needed you to validate me, right? Like, I needed you to validate that what we had was real, right? Like I needed to be reassured all the time um, because I was so used to being let down, right? So I just needed to know, right? And imagine someone in your life who really loves you and is really committed to you feeling like, yo, I got to always reassure this girl. Like that can become um, a task, right? And so I had to do the work, right? I had to go to therapy. I had to figure it out. Um, and also I would seek out partners unknowingly, right? who had some of the traits as my father. So they were inconsistent. One minute they would be available, next minute they wouldn't. They would make promises and wouldn't deliver. And so, um, you know, if you're not careful, you end up dating the people who hurt you. So that's a little bit of my story regarding my father. And I will say this, like overcoming daddy issues is not easy. It's not a walking apart. Even as an adult woman, I still have triggers. I still have moments where I feel abandoned or rejected, but I know better now. And I know that just because I feel something doesn't make it make it true, right? Like my father not being in my life has nothing to do with me. That was his choice. And so when I'm able to see it through that lens, I'm kind of able to better digest it. And so I put together seven tips to help you heal and overcome your daddy issues. These are things that I've used personally, um, or some things that I've just researched that I think will work. So the first one is to acknowledge and revel in the hurt. You got to acknowledge it, right? Allow yourself to feel the negative emotions associated with having an absent or emotional unavailable father. Ponder on the times he disappointed you and didn't follow through on his commitments with you or just let you down. Allow yourself to be vulnerable and honest, right? Ask yourself tough questions during this time. How has his absence impacted you and how has it shaped the way you view not only yourself, but relationships? Number two, change the narrative. What stories are you telling yourself regarding your trauma or your daddy issues? 
Do you believe it was your fault? Do you think you're unlovable because of your dad's actions? Do you believe no one will ever stick around because your father didn't? Do you anticipate people leaving you? You have to really change the story and understand how the narrative is keeping you in this loop, keeping you in this cycle. Your dad not being in your life is not your fault. And it doesn't make you any less lovable, worthy of someone's time, attention, and dedication. You are a prize and you're worthy of love despite the absence of your father. And I just really want to drive that point home because a lot of times people think, oh, I must have done something for my father not to be there. You were a child. How could you have ever done anything for your dad not to be there? That was his choice. So don't don't carry baggage that don't belong to you. Don't own that. That's not for you to own. That's his, right? Okay, number three, reflect on your patterns associated with trauma. This is a big one. I need you to hear me. Reflect on your patterns, your personal patterns associated with your trauma. So spend time journaling about you know, past relationship experiences and noting down the common patterns, how they started, how you were in the relationships, whether it was jealous, loving, needy, too giving, how you felt, the mistakes you made, things you put up with, similarities in your exes, and any other patterns you can possibly trace. Then map out the ways you'll do things differently moving forward, right? And also consider how these patterns run parallel or are you're doing these as a result of having an absent father, right? This is an incredible practice for awareness and not just awareness, but resolution. Kind of get to the bottom of your nuances and your proclivities and how you move, right? And so really reflect on your patterns and the parallels to daddy issues. Number four, forgive your dad, y'all. Forgive your dad and release. This is tough, but you got to forgive your dad and release. At some point, you know, you really start to realize that our parents are human with their own proclivities, nuances, issues, and trauma. It can really be, you know, a hard truth to accept that parents are actually just humans right like we look at them as these superheroes and they're supposed to provide us with necessities and love and all the things we need to grow up as high functioning adults but sometimes that's not everybody's reality right and so first things first you have to accept that they're human they make mistakes and inevitably pass on their issues and insecurities to their children and even more likely create some new ones in them too right So it doesn't make it right. That's the part I want to drive home. It doesn't make it right. But if it's your reality, it's your reality, right? You know, so, and also, like, as young boys and girls, the relationship or lack thereof um, that we have with our mothers and fathers, it really affects the way we see ourselves and ultimately the type of relationships we choose. And so a lot of times people are so inundated with their daddy issues and there's a such thing as mommy wounds too but we'll get in that at a later date but a lot of times people are so engrossed in their daddy issues that they end up picking people just like their dad and I stated this earlier so in order to have a different narrative or to go on a different route you have to really unpack that you got a you got to forgive them like I just said but you have to unpack that so you're not picking people who resemble the actions of your dad Okay, so that was four. Forgive your dad. 
Okay, and also I want to add this. As children, it's hard to really conceptualize this, right? It's hard to see your parents as just humans, right? Um, and you interpret their your, your father's absence as a knock on yourself, um, as if you're not good enough. But when you are able to intel- intellectually take a look at this, you realize that your dad's absence had nothing to do with you. And I said this earlier, but I want to say it again, it had nothing to do with you. And once you look at it through those lens, right, you can then offer forgiveness and grace because clearly your dad was broken and couldn't be the father you needed. So forgive him, release, and move forward. Five, um, realize that all the things, all the things you may be looking for in a man exist within you. And let me, before I say that, before I go further, a lot of people associate daddy issues with just women, but I want to be clear. Men have daddy issues, too. So back to my point, number five, tip number five, realizing that all the things you may be looking for in a man or woman exist within you. All the things you're searching for in your dad and in a partner, whether it be protection, strength, attention, affection, fulfillment, these are all things that you can give yourself. You just got to tap into them. That doesn't mean that you have to be um, super masculine to compensate. It means creating the yin to your yang balance of feminine and masculine energies within yourself that you're trying to get from an outside source. It's not easy, but... It's something we all have to do to be the most complete versions of ourselves, right? Practices like meditation are great help for this um, because they really peel back the layers to reveal the inherent qualities of just being and in the truest state of being without the jaded mentalities, interpretations of the past or future fears. There's this incredible ability to just tap into your real power. And in your power, there's abundance, there's protection, there's strength, there's attention, and there's love. So everything you're, 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 you're seeking outside of yourself, yeah, you can find it, but it got to start with you first. All of those things are within you first, right? And so I just, I, I want to be clear on that. Number six, this is a big one for me. Um, this is a big, I'm big on my faith, Um So I would say pray and ask God to help you move through this. I never forget. I remember asking God to make his love for me real and tangible. I didn't I didn't want to just read about God's love. right? I didn't want to just sing about his love. I don't want to hear stories about his love, but I needed him to make his love, his dad love, his God love and um, tangible for me. Um, And I poured my heart out to God. And he made his love real for me. And I just, I don't know, I just felt this sense of peace. And there's this scripture in the Bible where it says, like, when your parents abandoned you, I, God, like, I will accept you. And I just kept meditating on that. And I just felt, I would pray and meditate. And I just felt this sense of peace. Like, though my father wasn't the type of father he needed to be, and though he did not show up for me the way I would have liked him to, I have a heavenly father who loves me, who edifies me, who supports me, who put people in place, right? Put people in place to give me what it is that I need, right? Like, so my biological dad wasn't there for me, but my godfather, his name is Amir Ballard. He is the best, right? Like, he gives me attention. He gives me affection. He'll text me and say, hey, beautiful, right? Like, he affirms me. He edifies me. And so what I was missing, God sent someone else to give me that. And that's what God would do. And it really it really took the place of what I was missing in my dad. And so let me tell you something. 
when you ask God to make his love very real and very tangible, he will, not only with his presence and his word, but he will put people in your life to kind of pour into you. And that's what he did with my godfather. So when I say my dad, like I'm talking about my godfather. And I don't even like saying my godfather because that's my father. That's my dad. And he has really stepped in and took on their role. Obviously, I'm not a little girl, so there are some things I don't need. Like, But he just he's just a phenomenal man and I'm so grateful to God for him um, because he really changed or helped change the way I viewed relationships and men in general I just thought that men were unreliable I thought they were liars I thought that they were um, did not follow through on their word and when my godfather came and God really restored my heart and restored my trust in men um, and he did so with my godfather. And so I'm able to look at men objectively, right? And I'm able to judge men based on who they are, not based on my trauma. And that's big. I'm able to judge a man based on who they are as an individual and not through the lens or not filtered through my trauma. Every man is not a liar. Every man is not a cheater. Every man is not deceptive. Even even if those were the characteristics of my bio- biological father, that's not every man. And so, but that's also a part of the healing, right? Um, and I would say, um, and I just want to say this, right? Like, even though God healed that particular area of my life, I still struggle with triggers. Yes. Do I still struggle with negative thoughts? Yes. Do I still, you know, struggle with feelings of abandonment and rejection? Yes. But now I have the tools to to be able to make better decisions and navigate through, the, through those triggers. Also, yes, praying is one thing, but also getting therapy. I've been in therapy for five years. You have to do your part. You have to talk through it. You have to talk through your feelings, talk through your emotions, figure out why you move the way that you move. Figure out how your trauma, right, um, informs the decisions you make or the type of people that you date, right? Like, are you dating this person because you genuinely love them or you genuinely like them? Or are you dating them because they're feeling a void for you? Are you dating this woman because you need a mom? Are you dating this man because you need a father, right? You really got to be honest with yourself and ask yourself the tough questions, right? Because ultimately, that is the, it's no one's job to be your mother and your father outside of your mother and your father, right? And so when you get into relation with people and putting that burden on them to be your mom and your dad is unfair. And so if that's where you are in your life, I suggest praying, but I also should suggest doing the work, going to therapy, um, because daddy issues are, are, are tough to, to, to maneuver, but it can be done. And, um, that's, that's my last tip, I guess. Number seven is just to reiterate what I said at the end of number six, and that's to seek a therapist. Um, it's so important. Um, it's so important. They just kind of help make sense of things. Right. And so, um, that that's kind of it for this episode. Um, and for those of you who struggle with daddy issues, understand this. If you take nothing away from this episode, understand this. Your dad not being in your life has nothing, hear me, nothing, zip. I don't even know how to say zero, whatever, Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to speak another language, but your dad not being in your life has absolutely nothing to do with you. 
nothing to do with you. As I close today, I want to practice this thing. And I want you to, whether you're listening to this in your car, your home, if you listen to your car, um, keep your hands on the wheel. But if you're home and if you're in a safe space, I just want you to touch your, put your hand across your heart and just say, my dad not being in my life. I'm, I'm going to pause so you can say it. My dad not being in my life has absolutely nothing to do with me. And keep your hand on your on your on your heart and say, I am worthy of love, attention, affection, and dedication from others. Because you are. And so I just want to leave you with that. Um if you like what you heard in this episode, please rate us, leave a comment. Um, and if you want to connect more, um, my life is an open book regarding this um, because I believe that people find healing in the sharing of their stories. So if you want to um, connect with me personally, you can um, connect with me on Instagram at Arcia Stokes. That's A-R-C-I-A-S-T-O-K-E-S. Or if you just want to connect with the um, our um, A Note From Stokes Instagram, follow us on Instagram at a.notefromstokes. Um, and yeah, connect with us. I would love to um, talk to you and um, offer any help that I may have in navigating daddy issues. Until next time, be good to yourself. Be kind to yourself.